Hey everybody, this is Jason Calacanis, the founder of Mahalo.com, and you're very privileged and lucky to be listening to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing. Welcome to the Happy New Year edition of our podcast. We'll take a look at my presentation, Web 2010, the 10 Trends Defining the New Year. And we'll meet Sachin Agarwal, founder of super hot tech company, Posteris. So let's get to it. Welcome to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing Podcast, featuring the latest strategies and techniques to drive traffic to your website and convert that traffic into sales. Now here's the CEO of 10goldenrules.com, Jay Berkowitz. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time this podcast finds you, welcome to episode number 47. I hope you had a great holiday and took some time to recharge and some time to develop a plan and some priorities for 2010. As I mentioned off the top, we've got some great content for this show today. And coming up in the next show, we'll take a look at super hot category of internet marketing called membership sites. We'll meet Tim Kerber from a community creator site called Membergate and Randy Peterson, the founder of one of the most successful communities in the world called Flyer Talk, which is a community for frequent flyers. Now, if you want to see what a community looks like, check out a group I set up called www.internetmarketingclub.org. Don't forget, it's internetmarketingclub.org. We have members from all around the world, Chile, Honduras, Greece, Hong Kong, Indonesia, Tunisia, Bolivia, Mexico, Canada, Israel, and all over the United States. It's a free networking website, and we're doing a free webinar every week. We've covered some great topics like affiliate marketing, Twitter, writing for the web, marketing for the hospitality industry, how to do keyword research for search marketing, the basics of SEO. So you can get all of this, all of this networking, all of this learning. It's totally free and it's at internetmarketingclub.org. And it's really just a place for all of us who are interested in this stuff to hang out, meet up and, you know, make some friends. Speaking of making some friends, I hope to see you later this month at Affiliate Summit in Las Vegas. The show has grown to over 4,000 attendees, and it's really one of the top events in the internet marketing business. Now, if you're going to be going to the show, or if you live in Las Vegas, please get in touch, because we will be doing a networking dinner Sunday night, and there'll be a number of this other speakers from Affiliate Summit, and some of the big names from the internet marketing community. I'd love to pass along an invitation and see you at dinner Sunday night at Affiliate Summit in Vegas. Next up, I want to give a shout out to some of our regular listeners. And these are folks who took a moment to send me a note uh, through different means. So a big thank you to Diego Aravena, who sent me a note on Twitter. Uh, his uh, Twitter name is D-A-R-V-E-N-A, D-A-R-A-V-E-N-A Vinny O'Hare sent me a note, said, enjoying your podcast. We'll call in for a future show. Maybe we can do some podcasting at the next Affiliate Summit. Vinny, I hope I see you at dinner on the Sunday night because we'll definitely be passing the M-Audio microtrack around that night. Dave McMurchie sent me a note, uh, also through Twitter, said, loved your podcast. I, met, I found out about you through the Advanced Social Media class. And that's the University of San Francisco's Advanced Social Media Marketing class. Patrick Vesperman is an affiliate program manager and sent me a note on LinkedIn. Thanks, Patrick. 
Connie Malamed on LinkedIn sent me a note, said, Hey, Jay, I'm a frequent listener to your podcast. I recently wrote a review of the 10, top 10 social media tools, and I Twittered it to my audience, and you can find that at bit.ly, which is bit.ly forward slash gcduf forward slash gcduf. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. Jeff Ballard sent me a note on Facebook, said, Hey, Jay, getting caught up with your podcast, always great stuff. How in the world do you find time for all your activities? No sleep? Lots of Red Bull? <laughs> Jeff, let me tell you, it's evening tonight. You guys can probably tell by my raspy voice, and we just needed to get this podcast out, so maybe a little Red Bull wouldn't hurt. Uh, thank you all so much for um, you know checking in, and I'd definitely love to see you all on Twitter. My Twitter, of course, is at Jay Berkowitz. I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook. And you can find all my contact info at 10goldenrules.com. I'd love to connect. Now, even better than a tweet or a Facebook, I love the emails I get from k7.net. This means that one of you's called our free answering service. K7 turns your message into an MP3 file, and I can drop it into the show. You know, basically, I just get an email, it's got an attachment, and it's from one of you. You can call our call-in line at 206-888-6606. Call anytime, 24-7. The answering machine service is there. I know Vinny O'Hare is coming up next. So our first call this week is from a gentleman by the name of Vance Poindexter. Hi, Jay. My name is Vance Poindexter, and I found your podcast through iTunes, and I've been listening and subscribed to it for several months now. And I've also left you guys a rating there. I was so impressed with the podcast. Anyway... My website is realestateguidetosuccess.com. The two is the number two, or the letters T-O. And I started a couple months ago, and I was wondering, how long will it take to see significant surge in traffic? I've done a pretty good job of driving traffic to the site through article marketing and several different article directories, but the surge in traffic so far has been pretty light. I've been focusing on creating good content in various places and trying to backlink to my posts and my podcast on my site. I know real estate investing is a pretty competitive niche, but I'm not sure how long it should take for me to evaluate my current SEO and link building strategy before I try a different method. Anyway, thanks and keep those great podcasts coming. Hey Vance, thanks so much for your kind words and thanks so much for taking the time to go over to iTunes and give us a rating over there. That's really, really valuable, and it helps a podcaster when you give them a five-star review over at iTunes. It'll get me and this show to the top of the iTunes for business podcasts. So uh, if anyone wants to take the time, of course, we appreciate that so much. Um, Now, Vance, of course you ask a tough question, because there's really no answer to how quickly you can start getting site traffic from the search engines. I've seen some sites get a few really good links from other sites, and then they start ranking immediately in the search engines and getting some amazing free traffic. So the best way to stimulate site traffic, of course, is to have some really incredible things on your site that people want to start talking about. And when I say talking, I mean talking about it online. I mean linking to it and saying, hey, there's a really incredible free white paper over Advance's website, and they link over to your website. Now, on your site, you do have a sign-up for a free real estate investing course and newsletter. 
But it's a pretty generic looking sign up box and it's a pretty generic looking offer. So the first thing I would test is put some copy points there and explain, you know, what is the free real estate investing course? Maybe have a little image and, um, you know, make it look a little bit more intriguing and have a couple bullet points, explain what they get in a free real estate investing course. And perhaps you could save some space and ask them to sign up for the newsletter once they already sign up for the free real estate investing course. Um, you might want to also try a couple additional tests. You know, maybe have some free video content on there. Um, come up with a couple different free guides. Come up with a real estate calculator. How much of a house can I buy? Come up with a bunch of amazing things on your website. Incredible articles on your website that people will link to. You know, you're doing article marketing to build links back to your website. But you also want to have tremendous articles on your website that other people, bloggers, will link to. Again, that makes your site more important for the search engines, but those links are also going to drive traffic. When people click those links, they come directly to the site. Anyways, thanks so much for joining in. Uh, great to hear from you. Good luck with everything, and please give us an update in a few months. Let us know how it's going. Next up, Heidi Pollock. Hi, Jay. This is Heidi Pollock, co-founder and president of NextGen Commerce here in beautiful Montreal, Quebec, Canada. NextGen provides enterprise electronic invoicing software, which enables large-scale businesses to convert from a paper-based invoice receipt process to a completely electronic invoice processing system. The main features of our software is that you can create, send, and receive electronic invoices on the web. My question for you, Jay, is given our target audience are mostly experienced financial professionals who are more traditional in the sense that they're less internet-based and more word-of-mouth and sales agent-oriented, would you say our website should be flashy and really stand out from our competition, or should we just follow industry standards and not reinvent the wheel? Again, this is Heidi Pollock from NextGen Com Commerce at www.nextgen-commerce.com. Hey Heidi, thanks for joining in. Great question from beautiful Montreal. Must be a listener of the Six Pixels of Separation podcast with my good friend, Mitch Joel. Well, you know, you're, it's a great question, but I wonder if you're perhaps asking the wrong question. Because, you know, I would prefer to ask, what's the function of the site? Um, which, which is part of the question you asked, not who is the audience, because... My grandmother's boyfriend at 92 was on those interwebs. And according to the 2009 Pew Internet Research Study, 79% of young boomers, people between the ages of 45 and 56, are on the internet. That's 79%. 70% of older boomers up to age 65 are on the internet. I mean, let's face it. These are financial professionals. They're living on the internet. They're living on their crackberries. I know a bunch of these guys. So I, I think it's, it's a misunderstanding to say that perhaps they're not that active on the internet. I mean, I go back to my point from Vance. If you give them incredible things on your website, you're going to start building links and references and conversation and chatter among your target audience about the incredible tools you have on your website. So to answer your question, you know, should it be flashy to stand out from the competition or should it have really good stuff? It should have lots of really great stuff. You know, I don't think the design flash is important. As a matter of fact, a flash design can hurt you in the search engines. 
So you want to have really incredible offerings on your website, great calculators and tools and articles. And, you know, don't just try and have good content. You've got to have amazing content, the kind of things that people will link to and reference and talk about. And, um, you know, talking you up is going to make you famous. Thanks for calling in, Heidi. Next up, Mr. Jeffrey Herskowitz. Hey, Jay, this is Jeff Herskowitz calling from New York City Balloons, BalloonNYC.com. I've been following your podcast for some time now, and I find the information invaluable. Great resource. Thank you. I have a question regarding links on my webpage to our Twitter, our Facebook, and our blog that we write. I can certainly see the value of creating these other accounts, such as Twitter, Facebook, as well as the blog. It's become a great resource for us to get information about our company out there, as well as become other places to put links to various pages on our website and links back to our company. My question is, however, do you feel that it can be a negative for me to put these buttons on our homepage, which in essence are going to redirect our customers away from my webpage and over to one of our other accounts. Although I know they will be then reading our Twitter page or our blog or our Facebook fan page, there's just something instinctively feels wrong with me taking customers that are already on my website viewing my content and giving them a door out, so to speak, or a way for them to link away. So I'm curious to hear what you have to say about that. I look forward to hearing from you. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Hey, Jeff. So great to hear from you again. I'll send your regards to Mr. Sorensi. Um, now, look, the easy answer is to set the links to your social media sites to open a new window. So that way, if someone wants to go check out your Facebook fan page, they will leave your site, but it will leave your main site open. So it'll open a new browser window. Another option, never put a link out of any kind on an order page. So you could have the links on your home page, but you absolutely do not want to have your Facebook, your Twitter links on a shopping cart page or an order page. Now, once you have interest from a customer and they're on these order pages, you absolutely never want to distract them, give them any kind of opportunity to leave the site. Anyways, thank you all so much for calling in. Great to hear from you. I'd love uh, you folks to join the conversation by calling 206-888-6606. On episode number 43, we met super podcaster Susan Bratton. Here's a follow-up from Susan. This is Susan Bratton, host of Dishy Mix, fan of 10 Golden Rules and author of the Talk Show Tips system. If you're a podcaster, information product marketer, a blogger, or a radio host, and you conduct interviews, Talk Show Tips can turn your audience into raving fans who promote your work for you. Talk Show Tips 72 Secret Master Host Techniques teaches you how to prepare and produce riveting interviews. And learn to promote your work with free social influence marketing strategies. Want to know how to effortlessly generate killer questions for your next interview? Get my free Easy Question Generator mini course today at Talk Show Tips. With the magic of 10, I'll teach you how to come up with great questions nobody else has ever asked. And just for 10 Golden Rules listeners, go to TalkShowTips.com slash discount. 
Use promo code GOLDEN and get talk show tips for over $50 off just for listening to Jay's show. Hey, if you're into any kind of uh, social media, I know there's a bunch of podcasters who listen to this show, bloggers. Check out Susan's stuff and use the keyword GOLDEN for your discount. Next up, let's check out what the team at 10 Golden Rules has been up to in our Live from the Blog segment. First up, here's Melanie. Hi, this is Melanie with the top 10 greatest Twitter stories of 2009. In 2009, social media sites took over the media. Stories about Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn were big news. However, Twitter, the 140-character microblog, topped them all when it was named as the most popular word of 2009 by the Global Language Monitor, as well as Search Engine Bing's most search phrase of 2009. Unfortunately, we're still ironing out the social and legal, legal details related to acceptable tweets as shown in these top news stories from 2009. Story number one tweet and you'll be shunned. Former Vice President McCain's daughter Megan exposed a little too much cleavage using TwitPics. After a backlash, she eventually removed the revealing image and apologized to her 60,000 followers saying, I do want to apologize to anyone that was offended by my TwitPic. I have clearly made a huge mistake and I'm sorry to those that are offended. Story number two, tweet and you'll be fined. Players from the Phoenix Suns and Charlotte Bobcats were fined $7,500 for posting to their Twitter accounts during games. And the third greatest story, Twitter story of 2009, tweet and you'll be news. Actor and comedian Stephen Fry announced on Twitter that he deleted his Plaxo account with 20 million friends after it exposed his personal information. He also threatened to leave Twitter when a user called him boring and later recanted after the follower apologized publicly. Story number four. Tweet and you'll be thin. Actress Demi Moore posted the original photo of her most recent cover for W Magazine and experienced a backlash by followers accusing her of using a model as a body double. And the fifth greatest Twitter story of 2009 is Tweet and You'll Be Sued. Rocker Courtney Love accused a popular fashion designer of being a cocaine dealer on Twitter and gets sued. Great Twitter story number six, Tweet and You'll Be Suspended. A live Twitter feed to a local news television billboard in Alabama led to the suspension of the station's general manager and news director when it displayed an image of the news team next to a tweet that said, Two accused of gang rape in Monroeville. Story number seven, tweet and you'll go to jail. Pulp fiction writer Roger Avery is re-jailed after an investigation that he tweeted from prison. Authorities denied Twitter had use had anything to do with his incarceration. And now for the final three. Story number eight, don't tweet and you'll go to jail. Canadian teen sensation Justin Bieber attracted a mob of teenage girls to Garden City malls. When Island Def Jam Records senior vice president refused to tweet the crowd, asking them to disperse, he was arrested by Nassau County Police. Story number nine, tweet and you'll break up. Jennifer Aniston allegedly dumped singer John Mayer over tweets. And number 10, my favorite Twitter story of 2009, Miley Cyrus chooses boyfriend over Twitter. Her tweet, FYI, Liam doesn't have a Twitter and he wants me to delete mine with good reason. And on that note, I'm tweeted out, but I'd love to hear your stories. Hi, this is Mark to talk about the future of search engine optimization for video. We all love when our videos show up in universal search. Those of us who are familiar with optimizing video for strategic keywords know that we want to use those keyword phrases in the page title, the meta tags, the contextual copy surrounding the video, and the title descriptions, which is the text that is displayed in the actual video. As Google and other search engines become smarter, 
what does this mean for these video optimization principles? Now that Google is gaining the ability to transcribe soundtracks, the future of video optimization will rely heavily on the actual content of the video. When making a new video, the audio should mention the keyword phrases that you are targeting, in addition to the page title, meta tags, etc. Think of this as a regular web page of text. The keyword phrases you are targeting should be woven into the content of the page to give you the best chance of ranking for those keywords. With Google's ability to transcribe audio, think of the audio content of the video as the body copy of the page and include your targeted keywords accordingly. If you're creating a video that does not have actual verbal content, like a video of a chicken wing eating contest, for example, it's best to include a voiceover that describes what is going on and use the strategic keywords. Hi, this is Erica. Exciting news was released by Twitter this past week for our business tweets. Currently in beta testing for some users, business tweets will now contain the contributors of the tweets from the organization. For example, tweets from 10 Golden Rules would now contain who in the organization sent the tweet via the byline. This is a neat feature because it gives tweets a more personal touch from the business perspective. It is also helpful to understand who and how different members of the organization communicate. You may enjoy or dislike tweets from specific individuals of companies and now you can decipher the author more precisely. This feature is being rolled out in phases. I feel every opportunity to make a company feel more authentic is a positive thing. A great aspect of social media is that it has the potential to give the corporate face a more genuine and tangible relationship. By human nature, we have a desire for a personal connection, and we believe the best social media strategy for businesses is to humanize themselves as much as possible. Hi, this is Susan. Trendspotting Market Research came out with a report about predictions for social media trends in 2010. I found it interesting that the predictions were in 140 characters, Twitter style. It definitely makes it easy to read and retweet. From this report, the major trends predicted for 2010 are mobile, location, transparency, measurement, ROI, and privacy. Some of my favorite predictions included mobile becomes a social media lifeline. Companies get serious about social media, elevating their focus to social business. By the end of the year, we'll have a new interface for status updates that looks nothing like a microblog. Search will get more social, real-time content and results, information from social network friends to results, using collective information from other web users. Social media in 2010 will cease being the shiny new object and instead become part of the everyday lexicon on business. We're going to see an explosion of things that use location. Are you ready for 2010? Do you have any trend predictions of your own regarding social media? You can read the entire report by clicking the link on our blog or going to bit.ly slash 2010 social media. Today's SEOs are still doing on-page optimization and creative link building, but now they're also busy building Twitter streams full of really useful tiny URLs and bit.ly's. They're engaging visitors with a Facebook page full of custom content and daily conversation with their fans. And they post videos on YouTube and participate in the community by commenting on and rating other videos. Wait a minute, did she say SEOs are doing this? Well, yes, the smart ones are. And here's why. 
It's not news that the face of the Internet is changing. It has from day one, and the latest impact is coming from social media. And although social media is not yet having massive effects on search engine results, we are seeing the beginnings of it. Already, Facebook's content is indexed on Google, along with that of Twitter. Blended Search has pulled videos into the search engine results for some time now, and the video rankings are affected by YouTube's social community. As Google changes their algorithms to deal with masses of content and links coming from social media, their effect on rankings can only be expected to grow. That's why smart SEOs are already focusing on social media, and that's why you should be too. Hi everybody, this is Michael. Think videos are big, but don't know how big? Transformers director Michael Bay and Victoria's Secret did it again. The newest commercial the team created generated over 985,000 views in one week, making it second only to Evian's Skating Babies video for views in one week according to ad age and visible measures. The video shows scarcely clothed women showing off their assets highlighted by Victoria's Secret products. The one gift a thousand fantasies plays to men and women about all the different ways their products can be worn, from going out to going to bed. They also developed a microsite around this campaign. Here, visitors are able to take a quiz to find out their fantasies, and then it helps you select products you could be looking for. You can view this video for internet marketing research purposes by clicking the link on our blog or by searching One Gift, A Thousand Fantasies on YouTube. Hi, this is Michaela. When was the last time you corresponded via a personalized letter? Remember when you actually had to pick up the phone and call someone? With texting, Twitter, Facebook, and email replacing everyday communication, the new year may be a time to take a step back from all of today's technology and remember that you can't always express yourself in 140 characters. Yesterday, John Mayer urged his Twitter followers to take a part in the New Year's digital cleanse in an effort to defrag our technologically overloaded minds. Mayer suggests a one-week cleanse beginning January 1st and ending on January 8th, which doesn't require you to completely remove technology from your life, only take a step back. Here's the recipe. Email only from laptop or desktop computers. Cell phones can only be used to make calls, and no text messages or emails are allowed. If you receive a text, you must reply in voice over the phone. No use of Twitter or any other social networking site, including reading as well as posting. No visiting of any entertainment or gossip sites. Following these guidelines should be manageable for even the most connected individuals. Work commitments may prevent you from participating in the cleanse, but it's still refreshing to think about how far communication has come, even just over the last year. Here's guessing that John Mayer doesn't want you to take a cleanse from going to iTunes and buying music. Anyways, um, I'm not going to be cleansing, but our good friend Matt Cutts, who is one of the top voices over at Google, he's their... Um, I mean, really the, the voice of Google to the search engine community. He's taking a month off of Twitter, the month of January. So uh, tweet this up and Matt won't hear about it. Anyways, um, next up is our conversation with one of the hottest startups, a company co called Posterous. I sat down with co-founder Sachin Agarwal at Blogworld following Steve Rubell's presentation. Now, if you know Steve Rubell, he's one of the top voices in the internet and social media community. 
I first listened to Steve with Joe Jaffe on the Across the Sound podcast. Um, Steve gave up podcasting, but he's really one of the top marketing bloggers that covers our whole space, internet marketing, social media. Definitely check Steve out. And after his presentation, he talked about how he's moving his whole blog to the Posterous platform. So let me let Sachin explain it to you, and then I'll expand a little bit on where I'm going to go with uh, Posterous. Check it out. I'm here with Sachin Agarwal, one of the founders of Posterous. Posterous. <laughs> you picked one, right? Yeah, I guess uh, Steve Rebell officially announced that we're picking Posterous as the pronunciation. And up until now, people have been saying it both ways. They probably will continue well, but that's fine. So you guys are getting a ton of publicity lately, and some really cutting-edge people like Steve Rebell you just mentioned have switched from blogging to posterousing. Do you want to explain what the difference is and how it works? Uh, sure. I mean, so I think there's a, a few different reasons why people are, are finding that using a posterous over their traditional blog is making sense for them. First of all, is we focus on rich media. And so, um, you know, given we're in the era, era of the cloud, we think that posting photos, posting video, posting music is more important than traditionally platforms are focused on long form text posts. Secondly, we focus on email. And so posting by email is a very natural behavior. Technologically, it's, it's very easy to understand. Everyone gets it, and it's what you do all the time. And also... So, so basically, you're just emailing yourself? Well, so you, you're emailing the poster site. So the way that works is you compose an email to post at posters.com, and in the email, you can attach any sorts of media that you want. And when, no matter what you send, we'll take it, we'll convert it to the most web-friendly format, we'll host it, and we'll create your site for you. And so it makes it really easy to get started, really easy to post more frequently. And it's really great because email is available on every mobile device out there. So mobile is incredibly important. And instead of having to now go and write a mobile app for every platform out there, we actually use the built-in functionality of every device. But when you say you convert it, there's not a bunch of people sitting there converting my email, right? No, so we're all um, hosted in the cloud. And so we have a bunch of machines out there on, on Rackspace that are taking all the emails that we get and scaling all the images and converting all the videos and doing you know, all the processing to make your website for you. And, and this is actually part of why Postures makes sense today and it wasn't possible 10 years ago is because of the cloud and being able to do all the processing for free and scale up just by adding more boxes out there. What are some of the success stories out there? You know, I think some of our favorites, you know, so like you said, Steve Rebell uses us, and so we get a lot of the, the social media elite who understand technology and they want to do that, and that's great. The ones that really make us happy are the family stories, the ones where somebody sets up a site for their entire family to, to basically contribute to, and because it's all revolving around email, you can add your mom, your dad, your grandmother to contribute to your site by email. They don't need to know how to do anything additional. They already understand that. And so now you have these people who are blogging and participating in this way, and they never would have been able to before. I heard a story about Austin, Texas, and their heat wave this summer. How did that turn out? That was really cool. So I think uh, Austin put together a poster site, and they wanted people to contribute photos, and you just had to email, I don't remember, it was like post at austinheat.posterstorm, something like that. So what that was utilizing was our post by moderation functionality, which allows anybody to post your site, and it's all, again, by email. And it was really cool. It was like, I think that's something that not a whole lot of people have latched onto, but I'm waiting for it to catch on. And there's actually been a, a couple new examples of that. Pioneer Press just set up a site for, for their football team and for different things. And it's really cool to just be able to, to pull in user content around topics and around events. Great. So how does someone get started with Posterous? It's the easiest way to get started. There's no setup. There's no sign up. You just email anything at all to post at posterous.com. 
and we'll start a blog for you and we'll uh, reply with your address and other information. What are some of the other business applications for Apostros? Basically, for Apostros, we're trying to build a, a very powerful publishing platform. So there's nothing about... You, you can basically use Apostros in any way that you want. And I think it's going to be really cool for businesses who want to uh, or need to have a presence on Twitter and on Facebook and all these other services, but they don't have the resources to manage that themselves. And so they can have their site managed by Apostros. It's fully customizable on their domain, everything like that, and let us populate all the other social media networks for them for free. So to sum it up for the newbie or whatever, it's basically like blogging, but it's made really easy because it brings blogging and Twitter and video and images and music and everything easily together in one place. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's the easy use, it's the rich media aspect, and it's the integration with other services all for free. I always ask this question at the end of an interview. It's a three-part question. What other tools and technologies are you using, either for fun or to make your day a little bit easier? Postures? <laughs> yeah, well, definitely, you know, Postures all the time. Um, and the iPhone. The iPhone itself is why we created Postures. It's like all of a sudden I'm holding this powerful device and I want to publish from it. And so it's one of those, you know, and Steve Rubel said that he's on a two-week trip now and he's not, he doesn't have his laptop with him. He's only living from his iPhone. And I, I don't think I could ever go without it now. The other question is, who do you follow? Whose posturist do you read? What uh, blogs, podcasts? It's just all over the place. I mean, a lot of, so on posturist, all like uh, my friends and family are on posturist. So that's really great to see, you know, my dad publishing videos and stuff, which I never could have imagined him doing this, you know, even a, a couple of years ago. And I just love sort of the, the business side of Silicon Valley and, and just reading about what's going on in, uh, in the community. Thanks so much for your time. Great. Thanks so much. Well, thank you so much to Sajin for taking the time. And uh, definitely check out Posterous, Posterous. I think I'm going to try it out. I think I'm going to try it for my personal blog, which is jberkowitz.com. And so maybe if you give me a month or so, you could check that out. And of course, if you're listening to this sometime in like August, hopefully we have it up and you can check out how it's working. Uh, might, you know, be really neat to do an iPhone interview, email it into Posturus and have it almost virtually live on my blog. So maybe we'll give that a try. Uh, Shell Holtz and Neville Hobson are using Posturus. Those guys, of course, do the great For Immediate Release podcast. If you haven't listened to that, give it a listen. It's really, really great. They cover public relations, PR, and new media. And, um, you know, the best use, I think, for this tool might be for those of you with a technology-challenged uh, CEO or perhaps a group of people who are developing multimedia content and set up one of those moderated Postros blogs. Have your CEO do quick interviews with his cell phone um, take pictures and email them into the service, and then you can put up that moderated blog. Of course, you can check out all of these links at our show notes at podcast.10goldenrules.com. Now, next up, I want to get into my presentation that I gave probably five or six times throughout 2009. And the presentation is called um, Web 2010, Discover the 10 Strategies Defining Your Business Future. Now, this presentation was kind of my, my keynote over the past year, and I've continued to evolve the presentation over the past year. It's gotten better and better and better. So what I'd like to do is sort of give you a quick summation of it and look at where we're at as we go into the year 2010. How did I do with some of the predictions? And what are some of the things you really need to understand for your business? 
So the first trend was something I called micro-communications. And everything we're doing these days with technology has, has allowed us and sort of forced us to squish down our communications. So your headline becomes critically important in a blog post. I'm taking my uh, blog posts, I'm reading my blogs now on a Google Reader, I'm reading them on an iPhone, I'm reading them on my, my uh, computer, but all I'm seeing is your computer because I'm, I'm you know, taking them in concise chunks in my iGoogle. Now, of course, the, the best example of microcommunications today is Twitter. And with Twitter, you only have 140 characters to create your messages. The first way to think of Twitter is how you follow people. And I'm following the incredible superstars of internet marketing. Um, I'm just looking at one Twitter stream here right, right now, and I've got Jeff Pulver, who uh, runs a 140 conference on Twitter. Pro blogger is Darren Rouse from Melbourne, Australia. Scott Monty is a social media manager from Ford uh, Motor Company, and he does a great job over there. Keith Ferrazzi wrote a great book called Never Read Alone. You guys heard Keith. I interviewed him, him on this podcast. So for me, Twitter becomes this incredibly powerful personalized newsfeed. When you want to look at someone and figure out if you should follow them on Twitter, have a look at their past 10 or so tweets. And are they interesting? Are they linking to things that you would find relevant in your business? And the first thing to do if you haven't gotten into Twitter yet, I was going through uh, Twitter today with a very powerful CEO in our industry, and I said, just listen. You know, just sign up to find out what people in your industry are saying and have a listen. There's some tremendous business stories. Of course, um, Dell Outlet has done over $6 million of business selling refurbished Dell products, Dell computer products, just through Twitter. And a small company called Mission Pie is a bakery out in California, and you can find them at Mission Pie on Twitter. And they're using Twitter to tell people what fresh fruits they have and what pies they're baking that day. Their sales are up 20% ever since they started using Twitter. Another company called Woot.com sells one product a day, and they put a tweet out every night at about um, 1 a.m. with the hot product they'll have the next day. Let me wrap up micro-communications with what I call the three E's of social media. The first E is educate. Teach me something on your tweets. Uh, give me valuable information, link to a great blog, and explain why it's, why it's important. And you can do that with 140 characters. The second E of social media is entertain. Give me a smile once in a while. Put some humor into your YouTube videos. Shaquille O'Neal is, is a great uh, star on Twitter, but he's no longer the dominant basketball player, but he's the number one athlete on Twitter with over 2.7 million followers because the guy's hilarious. He's funny. He entertains uh, on Twitter. And finally, engage. Create a two-way dialogue with your social media, particularly with Twitters where you can have an ongoing conversation using at signs and retweets. The second strategy that I think is going to define this year is what I call virtualization. I mean, we're doing it right now, right? We're, we're having a virtual conversation. You guys call into the show and I record it and we put it out. You guys, uh, you know, are, <laughs> we, we, we saw it off the top. You're Twittering, you're Facebooking, and we're, we're engaging in a two-way dialogue. We created a whole virtual training course for the University of San Francisco's Internet Marketing Master Certificate. You can find that at USanFran online. And that course is entirely virtual. You do the whole course anywhere in the world by watching these 15-minute videos that comprise your weekly course load. And we do a live meeting once a week as well. 
Um, other powerful examples are University of Phoenix and Kaplan University. These are billion-dollar organizations that are providing university degrees online, completely virtually. Erin Blasky is another example of virtual. She's a virtual assistant, and you can have um, a virtual secretary, a virtual assistant helping you out um, in a completely virtual manner. We use GoToMeeting. We, we love GoToMeeting. You know that here um, as, as they're one of the sponsors on this podcast. And GoToMeeting allows me to have a meeting with clients all around the world. We have clients in, in London, England. We have clients all around North America and Canada. And we're able to show them our computer screen. And everybody can call in from different points around the world by just calling a phone number and watching by logging in on the computer. We're using guru.com, G-U-R-U, to find virtual employees. So virtualization is becoming a really significant trend. It's a great way that we can run our business more efficiently. The third trend I think you need to be aware of is everything that's available for free. We're using a ton of different products. As a matter of fact, my, my blog right now is set up on a WordPress platform, uh, a blog platform that's free of charge. And can, you can make your own beautiful looking website. Really, you can make it look like a website with WordPress for free. Radiohead put out their latest um, album, what would you call it, a CD, completely for free. And they got tremendous um, publicity and they actually generated a lot of revenue when people could choose to donate when they downloaded uh, their, their, their latest music. This podcast, completely free on iTunes. If you haven't uh, subscribed on iTunes, if you're listening to this on our website or another feed, you can go to iTunes and download that product completely for free. Google Analytics is a free tool that tells us all about the web traffic that's coming to our site. How do people get to our website? Compete.com can let us compare our site to our competitors. There's another great site we're using called SpyFu, S-P-Y-F-U. It tells me what my competitors are spending on pay-per-click. So there's a number of great free products, and that's the third trend we looked at. The fourth trend is what I call social search. There's so much ability today to reach into your own personal network and find out what you want to find out. So if you're buying a new big screen TV or you want to check out what people think of a new phone, you can ask your peeps through social media. As a matter of fact, this presentation was created by asking all of you for some help. I asked on the podcast, I asked in LinkedIn, I asked on Twitter, and I got about 70 replies, and people told me what's coming up next on the internet. Another incredibly powerful way to use social search is with search.twitter.com. If you haven't seen the site, you have to check it out. Find out what people are saying about popular news topics instantly. Find out what's happening on the internet. This, this past Saturday night, I was at a movie, and there was a blackout. And so I went on search.twitter.com to find out if our entire city was blacked out or was it just a small region. And very quickly, I was able to find out it was a very significant blackout that covered large parts of Boca Raton. How about travel? I mean, I, I wouldn't book a hotel without going on TripAdvisor and finding out what people are saying about the different hotels. I use Yelp all the time. Um, an open table to find out what people are saying about restaurants. And Angie's List is a great way to find local handymen with reviews by people in your area. The fifth strategy I looked at is something called customer service is the new marketing department. And for those of you who heard Richard Binhammer, the social media ma manager for Dell Computers, on our podcast episode 40, 
Richard explained how Dell has completely turned around their customer service operation by monitoring, monitoring what people are saying on search, on Twitter, using Technorati blog search, and using Radian 6, which is an incredibly powerful company tool that allows you to monitor what people are saying about your company or are saying about you and your CEO, your, your top executives. Uh, Radian 6, check it out. The sixth strategy we looked at was something I call disintermediation part two. Disintermediation is the removal of the middleman. And we saw disintermediation taking out a lot of traditional business models. For example, when's the last time you booked a trip through a travel agent? Well, now we're seeing disintermediation of really significant things. I mean, the bookstore was taken out by Amazon, but now they're even taking out the book with their popular Kindle. Remember the first picture to break of the miracle on the Hudson when the plane landed on the Hudson River? Well, that picture was taken by a consumer journalist who shot that picture out on TwitPic, Twitter pictures, Twitter's picture function. And disintermediation is removing the, the traditional journalists from newspapers are going out of business because we are covering the media with free podcasts and Twitter and blogs. The seventh trend you should be aware of is something I call super widgetization or, or open sourcing. Um, I show a chart in my presentation using compete.com of the past year's history of Facebook and MySpace. And we see a month or two after Facebook opened their backend application, they allowed developers and they allowed you and me to interface with the backend of Facebook and create all these apps. You've been hearing about apps, applications. Facebook took off and really superseded MySpace in terms of popularity when there was a lot of different functions, a lot of different things you could do and interact with on Facebook. A Facebook app from the company called Zinnia has generated over $40 million. The Pope's even launched a Facebook app. And of course, apps are driving the incredible popularity of your iPhone. There's over a billion iPhone apps out there that have been downloaded. Another great um, application that I use all the time is called WeFollow. Go to a website called WeFollow.com. This is a Twitter app that allows you to find out who in your industry, who in the areas that you find important, has sort of tagged themselves in that area or that category. So you can find a whole bunch of people who are into podcasting. You can find a whole bunch of people who are into jogging, football, um, the Miami Dolphins, whatever it is you think is really cool, you can find people to follow on Twitter. Another incredible Twitter app called TweetDeck allows you to create columns so you can manage your Twitter followers and categorize them. The eighth strategy that you should take advantage of in the coming year is video. I mean, let's face it, YouTube is absolutely a monster, monster website with incredible applications for business and for personal branding. The, here's, the, here's why YouTube matters so much. A study was recently done, and it asked marketers what technologies they're going to be investigating in the coming year. Something like 91% uh, are checking out Twitter, 86% are checking out Facebook, 85% LinkedIn, but only 44% are checking out video and YouTube. So what an incredible opportunity. Here you have the number three website in the world. You have the number two search engine in the world. That's right. YouTube is now the number two search engine in the world behind Google. And you only have 44% of marketers checking it out. 
Gary Vaynerchuk. You heard Gary on this podcast um, as well. And Gary has built this incredibly powerful brand for his family's company called Wine Library by recording a video every day at Wine Library TV and tasting wines and building up his incredible brand and popularity. Another company called uh, Blend Tech. If you haven't seen these Blend Tech videos, you got to check them out. There's been over 50 million views of this incredibly powerful blender called Will It Blend. And they've blended everything from an iPhone to uh, golf balls to a cricket mallet. You got to check it out. Will It Blend. It's built their sales up five times. Imagine that. This company's sales aren't double, triple. They're five times. I wish I could accomplish that with just some uh, YouTube videos. So video, super, super hot, super important. Try some uh, product demonstration videos, some how-to videos. The ninth opportunity, and we've touched on it a couple times, is personal branding. How do you build your personal brand using some of these technologies? The first opportunity is think of yourself like a brand manager and determine what's unique about you. What is something that you could position yourself using social media, using the internet, using blogging to carve a niche for yourself to stand out and build your personal brand. Go for something you're passionate about. So create a bunch of content in an area that you really, really care about. And listen first, as I mentioned in the Twitter segment, you definitely want to go and read all the blogs in your area, listen to all the podcasts, find out what people are saying and become even more of an expert. The next thing to do is embrace your inner author. A bunch of writing is definitely going to build your personal brand. Create a website. Build great content on your social media. Build a great blog. Then build out your network. Make lots of friends and give to get. You know that expression, right? Help people out. That's the best way to network. Another great opportunity for personal branding is by volunteerism. Great way to get your experience up by volunteering. Help your local internet marketing association. Maybe they need someone to do blogging for them or search engine optimization. Use the tools you've learned from this podcast and all the reading you're doing and go and help an association to build your own personal resume. Innovate. Innovation is a great way to stand out for your personal brand in this space. An entrepreneur, try different things. You know, put up a blog, put some ads on your blog, put some affiliate banners on there. And finally, public speaking, a great way to build your personal brand. I'm going to wrap up with the 10th trend, the 10th thing that you should do in the coming year, and that's understand the semantic web or web 3.0. Understand where the future of all this is going. According to a number of experts like Sir Tim Berners-Lee, who actually invented the internet way before Al Gore did, the internet is, is like an evolving extension of the world web making it possible for the web to understand and satisfy the requests of people and machines to use web content. It's, it's built on the semantics or the study of meaning of words. And it's the, con, the, the connotation, the actual meaning of the words. To quote Berners-Lee, he says, I have a dream for the web in which computers become capable of analyzing all the data on the web, the content, the links, the transactions. A semantic web should make this possible. And the day-to-day -day mechanisms of trade bureaucracy in our daily lives will be handled by machines talking to machines. The intelligent agents people have touted for ages will finally materialize. Essentially, this is saying that the machines, the internet, will understand what we're searching for. They'll understand 
what we're looking for. And they'll, they'll interact at a much higher level through artificial intelligence. So let me wrap up Web 2010, the 10 strategies defining your business future. Number one, micro communications, things like Twitter and small um, messages coming through on your cell phones. Number two, virtualization. Uh, the virtualization of, of learning like this podcast or the course we developed for the University of San Francisco. A number of free tools like Google Analytics. Number four is social search, the ability to search your people, your content, your immediate social network. Number five, customer service as a part of your marketing department. Number six, disintermediation, the removal of the middleman. Number seven, super widgetization, some tremendous opportunities for creating Facebook apps and iPhone apps to move your business forward. Don't forget about video and YouTube, super powerful in this coming year. Build your personal brand, figure out what you stand for, follow your passion, create content, write an ebook, and let me know how it goes. And finally, understand the semantic web or the future of Web 3.0. Well, that was uh, my Web 2010 presentation. And uh, I'm glad we got through that. I'd love to know what you guys think. I'd love to know what you think the trends are for the coming year. So give us a shout at uh, 206-888-6606. Give me your comments. Give me your questions. Give me a call in. Let me know what you think. Uh, you know, Join the conversation. Chip in to the 10 Golden Rules podcast. I look forward to meeting a bunch of you at Affiliate Summit next week in Las Vegas. And I look forward to hanging out with you on internetmarketingclub.org. Don't forget, it's internetmarketingclub.org. It's free to join. We're doing a, a, a webinar. You know, this kind of um, learning and education with a bunch of my friends and a bunch of experts in internet marketing, you got to check it out at internetmarketingclub.org. Anyways, that's all we have for this week, with the exception of wrapping up with our song of the week. And we're using the golden theme. Of course, it's a song called The Girl with the Golden Disc. Now, this song comes from a band called The Records, who actually disbanded in the 1980s. But their music's still super hot, and John Wicks is keeping the band alive, touring as a band called The Records UK. They had a hit single called Starry Eyes, and it's still played all around the world. They list their influences as the Beatles, Lennon, McCartney, the Kinks, Ray Davies. I think you'll hear all of those in this song, called The Girl with the Golden Disc. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, everybody. All right. This is dedicated all to the girl in golden disc.
you for listening to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing podcast. Please send comments and questions to podcast at 10goldenrules.com. That's podcast at 10goldenrules.com. Or use our call-in line 206-888-6606. Internet marketing needs. This podcast is produced with Cast Blaster.